David Schiff, as always, joined by my faithful partner and compatriot, Miles V. Miles, how are you, buddy? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me, and it seems you have heard of me, or at least heard of us, because not only do we have downloads from Finland, David, but we now have downloads from Brazil. Unbelievable. So we are getting globally recognized as the premier podcast for Friends of David and Miles, as well as for women over 40 that are unhappy with their marriage which I think is code for Miles and David's wives. Absolutely. Although I think my wife is pretty happy when I'm spending all this time uh, dealing with the podcast. She's, she's uh, happy to get rid of me. Well, and my wife and I, you know, happy for 20 years. And then we met in college. So there you have it. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Well, how does your wife enjoy you spending all this time with me doing collecting bets and paying off bets and driving all over California? She's only worried a little bit about my cholesterol with some of the uh, culinary choices that we're choosing. But other than that, she is like, get out of my hair, go do your thing, go win a bet, whatever you need to do. She's all good with it. Yeah, no, mine is too. In fact, uh, I think she's happy that I found a hobby. Yeah, absolutely. So the Want to Bet podcast, let's just remind everybody how it works. So Miles and I are amateurs, uh, but we are sports enthusiasts and longtime sports bettors. And we might have a little bit you know, more of a sense of what's going on than the average Joe out there. And every week, not only do we handicap what's going on, primarily in the NFL, but we bet on it. So every week in this podcast, as you'll see, we're going to spend the first half looking back at our last week's bets. We put $1,000 down every week. We're going to tally the scores. We're going to crown a winner. And then we'll turn our attention to week four. And oh my goodness, the NFL, as always, is just crazy bonkers. I think last week I called the Bills the best team in the NFL. I might need to revise that. Kansas City loses in Indianapolis. The Ravens, uh, they win. Las Vegas, they're uh, they're winless. What's going on in the NFL? It's just insane. Yeah, you might need to amend some of those calls. And I certainly need to amend just how poorly I thought the Dallas Cowboys were. They're, uh, you know, even without Dak Prescott, are managing their games and, and looking a lot better than everyone thought after week one. They were written off. I mean, I saw a lot of memes with them already missing the playoffs after just week one. And I think they're going to be a force. Yeah, Cooper Rush, you know, he's good enough to manage the game. They've got a strong defense. Cleveland Browns, another surprise team. They're 2-1 and one with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback. And I will say that as, um, you know, we go into week four, the teams are starting to show their true colors a little bit. And that actually has turned out good for us because we have a better sense of who's going to show up on the field every week. Spoiler alert, it was our best week. Yay! We had our best week, Miles. We did. I think we're gaining a little bit of street cred, which is nice. And, uh, you know, I think the explanations of why we're taking what we're taking and, you know, a lot of these bets are coming down to one possession last, you know, last few minutes of the game. So I'm, I'm getting comfortable with where we are. Yeah. So speaking of last week, how'd you do last week? So last week was an interesting one. I, you know, we've been talking on and on about home underdogs and how they usually cover and I tried to buck the trend and say I'm taking all road favorites because eventually it's going to even out and I had mixed results okay um all of the games were close 
Um, I was in them all till the very end. So again, um, even though the ultimate result might have been favoring the home dog, uh, I'm not altogether upset with my picks. And it was an enjoyable day watching football. So I was right about Baltimore over New England. Um, This is going to be a play based primarily on Lamar Jackson having such an impressive start to the season, Uh, coupled with them getting the addition of J.K. Dobbins to the backfield and further bolstered to me by the lack of offensive game displayed by the Patriots. So I knew the game was in Foxborough, but the Pats of today are not the Pats of yesteryear. And at the end of the game, Mac Jones even got injured. I actually thought, you know, he got nicked up in game one. And then I, and then I thought Baltimore's defense, you know, was a little bit uh, aggressive. And I thought perhaps he could have a problem in this game. And sure enough, at the end of the game, he got knocked out. But uh, Baltimore's defense, I think they caused three interceptions and a, and a fumble. Uh, one of those interceptions was in the end zone. So there was still a chance for New England to go for a two-point conversion and bring it within the number, but they failed, and uh, even Baltimore then got another score. So I still had to sweat. It didn't all happen and unfold until the fourth quarter, but that was a a good pick, and uh, that was one where I bet 230 uh, to win 219. I got that at a minus 105. And uh, I feel good about that one. Yeah, I think that in the world of games that really aren't a sweat, this one was pretty close to that. Um, You know, coming in, like you said, Bill Belichick in the past uh, has been tough. You know, he's 15 and five, you know, against the spread and 12 and eight, you know, outright as a home underdog. And that just wasn't the case this week. Lamar Jackson is picking up this team, putting them on his back, carrying them. He's rushing, he's throwing. I mean, right now, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts are one and two for the NFL MVP. Mark Andrews had two touchdown passes. They really rolled against New England. They are clearly a better team. So good for you. You pocket that, uh, you know, $449 pretty easily. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the other games weren't so easy. Uh, You already (laughs) mentioned that surprising loss that the Kansas City Chiefs suffered. And, uh, you know, I guess it wasn't that surprising to the public. I saw a lot of people betting Indianapolis. A lot of people took those points. Some people even went as far as to take the money line. So everyone was calling for the upset. I I just couldn't see that one happening, especially with those extra days that Kansas City had to prepare from playing Thursday and they got the extras to the Sunday. But I think they came in and completely underestimated the Colts and had a really horrible game plan. And I watched that game, and it it started with their punt returner, Sky Moore. He fumbled the punt return in in his own red zone after Kansas City had held Indianapolis. And so you do that. And that was an immediate seven point deficit you put yourself in. And then, you know, this won't show up in the scorebook, but on the next punt, uh, Sky Moore doesn't call for a fair catch. He lets it bounce and it rolls back inside the five yard line. So I think the special teams, they need to really relook at their players and not have someone like Sky Moore out there. Yeah. You know, I know Tyreek Hill used to cover that for them and maybe missing him is a, is a, is a huge loss, but get Mercole Herdman in there, get someone else that just field position and turnovers right there, you know, was just set the tone for Kansas city having to be, uh, you know, come from behind. And even when they got ahead, which they did, you know, at the end of the half, there was a whole dispute between, um, Mahomes and their coach Eric sleeping with Bienemy. 
And, <laughs> yeah. you know, the enemy wanted them to run out the clock. And Mahomes was like, look, we still have the ball with time left. Let's try to put up a quick score. And, you know, that one turned out in favor of the coach. Uh, caused a little bit of a kerfuffle, if you will, between them. And who knows how that got resolved. But they just, I think they were overconfident. I don't know. And then there's a whole other aspect of that game. If you look at their kicker, um, their normal kicker, Harrison Butker, is is out. He got injured after week one, and they have this temporary kicker. And I say temporary because they've already let him go. But he missed a, uh, an extra point. He missed a field goal. They had a chance to go up by seven with the field goal and decided to do a, a, a fake instead, and that was unsuccessful. So they could have used those points. They lost by three. You know, one of those field goals go, goes in, and you got a tie game, and you're playing for overtime, and I would have had a chance to, to cover the, the five and a half. So, Yeah, I think he missed two extra points, actually. I think he missed a field goal and two extra points. So that's five points right there. Yeah, well, like I said, they let him go, and uh, hopefully they find someone who can take uh, Harrison's place or Harrison's back this week. It seems unclear whether or not he's playing, but didn't matter for my bet. I lost that one. I was surprised at that one. I kind of thought that one could have a last minute, you know, go in my favor, but it did not. And speaking of last minute go in my favor, uh, my last game was the Raiders on the road against the Titans. And this was actually my big bet for the week. I mean, the Titans finally figured out that they have Derrick Henry in the backfield and they used yeah. him mm-hmm. early and often. Yeah. Um, Titans had the lead the whole game and they controlled the game. But nonetheless, in the fourth quarter, you know, Vegas had another desperation comeback and they were within a two point conversion of tying the game. And, uh, you know, flashback to week one where they're playing the Chargers and they were within a two-point conversion of covering the spread and they failed. Well, they failed here too. So they're 0-2 on game-determining two-point conversions where Miles bets on them. So I don't know if that's a, you know, stat that the NFL should track, but I'm certainly tracking it. Yeah, I got to tell you, there are two teams out there that truly concern me. And I did bring this up, I'm pretty sure, last week when when you mentioned the Raiders. Um, Not just losing games and not winning, but two teams that I believe are fundamentally not in sync in terms of game plans and scheming and things like that. One of them is the Raiders. Again, you look at Devontae Adams. He did have a touchdown, you know, but only five catches for 36 yards. Darren Waller, three catches for 22 yards. There is something about how the Raiders are putting their game plan together that is not in sync with the players that they have. Now, if you're looking for emerging stars on your fantasy team, Matt Collins, eight catches for 158 and a touchdown. They were, uh, I mean, he was fantastic. Made some incredible catches in that fourth quarter. Yeah, he took over uh, Hunter Renfro, I think, who didn't play that game, so... That was nice filling in for him. Who knows what's what's up with, with Renfro coming off of concussion. And really quickly, the second team, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, that I, I think is something is going wrong with them is the Cardinals. And I, you you have them, spoiler alert, coming up. But we'll talk about that. that I, they're, something is off with the, with the Arizona Cardinals. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, well, um, we'll see what happens on that one. But that wraps up my bets for the week. Um, I will also, uh, at this point... Let everyone know that our good friend Don sent in his bets for the week, and he had four bets. He was able to hit on one of those four, and that was the Dallas Cowboys money line over the Giants, which, 
after the fact looks obvious, but uh, remember the Giants were favorites in that game. So nice job there, Donnie. Uh, he missed on the Raiders with me. Um, and then he also bet against the Bears by taking Houston, and uh, and that did not come through. And then, yet again, he concocted some three-team parlay. He must not have listened to our last podcast. He just saw our picks. But he, uh, he did a parlay, and it was a three-teamer, and two of those three did not come in. Uh, only one of them did, and that was the Colts, of all people. So uh, one of these days he's going to hit those parlays and blow us out of the water. But uh, <laughs> here we go. Donnie does now have a bankroll for week three of 585 if you're playing along with us. I'm sure everyone is. Everyone is playing along. They're sitting in with their calculators right now. I was going to say, you two can make your picks by going to our Twitter website, at one Bet Podcast. So it's fun to see who our listeners like, whether they're handicapping at a better rate than we are. And Donnie actually beat me this week, but I don't know that he quite beat you. Uh, I don't. I don't think he quite beat me. Now, and just to recap, so you ended up the week with uh, four hundred and forty-nine dollars for that Baltimore over New England bet. Is that that is correct? That is correct. And I have Donnie down for five hundred eighty-five. Not that he's uh, playing officially, but that's unofficially with us. Well, Donnie, we love you. Keep throwing out those bets. As Miles said, you're going to hit a big parlay and you're going to gloat and you're going to tweet and we're all going to hear it for a week, but not this week. Um, So looking back at my week, spoiler alert, this was my best week. Uh, I had a winning week. Uh, I enjoyed a lovely lunch on behalf of that, which we'll talk about in a second. But my big bet uh, that was the Rams minus three and a half playing on the road in Arizona, 440 to win 400. I had said going into the game that for seven out of the previous eight quarters, the Cardinals really looked horrible. They did, you know, come back in the fourth quarter of the second game against the Raiders, but that was it. And honestly, this was sort of a lackluster game, but the Rams just did enough to win and, you know, cover. And I didn't really sweat it too much, although it did get a little bit hairy down in the end. Rams didn't give up a touchdown. Uh, So 12 points, four field goals. And again, talking about what's going on with the Cardinals, Kyler Murray had eight yards rushing. So Cliff Kingsbury, looking at his game plan, putting his team together, I just don't think he's maximizing the weapons that he has at his disposal. In the end, fourth quarter, Rams are up by 11. Arizona has the ball. They're driving. And I do start to sweat a little bit because I'm doing the math. Oh, my God. The Cardinals are going to go down and score. They're going to, you know convert a two-point conversion, and that's going to go from an 11-point lead to a three-point lead. I've got the Rams minus three and a half. Holy crap, I'm going to lose this bet. But came down to it, Cardinals got the ball into Rams territory, but at like a fourth and five, and they decided to kick a field goal. Now, I get it. No matter what you do, you have to score, then recover an onside kick, get the ball back, and score again. But, but again, you have Kyler Murray, who last week put the game on his back with his legs, ran around and scored, and ended up beating the Raiders. I don't understand the field goal. I know it's fourth and five. I know it's no guarantee, but I I give that ball to Kyler Murray. I let him make a play. I let him make around, you know, run around and do something. They kick the field goal. They try the onside kick. Tyler Higby recovers. That's the end of the game. They end up winning 
Uh, the Rams end up winning by eight. I mean, you should have exhaled the second they started going for the field goal because I did. I, Absolutely. The, the truth is, you know, needing the score twice. I, I don't think that's the the wrong play. Uh, I do think that you know it would have it would have been more exciting if they would have gone for it. But this was the conservative play, and you know. Um, when you're betting the other side of it, uh, you can say, thank goodness this happened and, you know, wipe your brow. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but you've got a scrambling quarterback. So it's fourth and five. I don't hate his chances to make a play and get that conversion. And then if you do get the ball back at the end of the game, you only need the field goal to tie. You don't have to go all the way down and then score the touchdown and get the two point conversion. I don't love it for the Cardinals. I loved it for my bet. Um, so I win, uh, that 440 bet to win 400. And we should point out that, um, McVay is just in the head of the Cardinals. He is not only 10 and one outright, uh, against the Cardinals, he's 10 and one against the spread. So he knows how to beat the Cardinals and that showed up again on Sunday. So that was my big bet. That was uh, 880 in the bank right off the start. My next bet, I called them the world beaters last week, the Buffalo Bills, uh, I had the over on the Buffalo Miami game at 52 and a half. I had bet 330 to win 300. I'm sort of laughing because in the first half, I kind of thought I had a chance. You know, each team had scored a touchdown in both quarters, so they had scored 28 points. You know, the over's 52 and a half. They're on track. But, Miles, you know what you don't want to see in a game where you have bet the over? Uh, turnovers? Well, turnover, sure, but you also don't want to see a nine-minute, 20-play drive that results in a field goal, because that's what happened to the Bills in the third quarter, and when that went down, I was like, that pretty much killed my over right there. I didn't know it at the time, but those were the only offensive points that the Buffalo Bills would score in the second half, but it just kind of all went downhill. I thought that, you know, this game, you got Stephon Diggs, you know, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill. They came in with nine touchdowns. They had zero touchdowns in the game. Now, fun fact about this game, it did add a new term to the lexicon of NFL football, the butt punt. So if you saw the uh, attempted punt from the end zone, the uh, Dolphin punter kicked it right off the backside of his uh, teammate, which is pretty hilarious. And Twitter had, a, had, a, had fun with that. Does that take over the Mark Sanchez butt fumble that was uh, ever so prevalent for the last several years? I don't know if it takes it over, but it just sort of adds to the butt lexicon of, of NFL, uh, you know, games. Uh, but, you know, kudos to Miami. Uh, they pulled that game out. Um, I actually almost took Buffalo to win the game. Both bets were going to lose, but they, you know, it, uh, you know, uh, in the end, they didn't come close to the over. I didn't win that bet, but my third bet, Cincinnati Bengals on the money line over the New York Jets, 230 to win 104, and I just had a feeling that this was going to be the week that the Bengals woke up. You know, if they'd lost, they would have been the, you know, the first Super Bowl participant since 2002 to start 0-3. Now, fun fact, if the Jets had won, that would have been their first time over 500 since 2018. Am I kicking myself for not taking the spread at five and a half? Yes. Am I happy that I got a money line bet uh, and put over $300 in my bank? Sure. But um, again, just had a feeling, you know, Joe Burrow came off the mat, threw for 275 yards, three touchdowns. 
Bengals defense, they got to Flacco four times. You know, the Jets offense, they had two scoring drives in the first quarter, and then that was pretty much it. And I will tell you that Robert Sala, the coach, in a world where the week before everything sort of worked in terms of fake punts and field goals and, and things like that, in this game, he, they were 0-3 on fourth down attempts. So not really a sweat here because I had the money line. Cincinnati comes through 27 to 12. I put that money in the bank. I end the week with $1,174. It's my first winning week. Victory! And I will say I enjoyed quite a lovely, delicious double-double at In-N-Out, thanks to Miles. Yes, you got the double and I got the four-by, which was... uh you know, the punishment, which you know, actually tasted kind of good. I'm not going to lie to you. Is, is it really a punishment? Is it truly a punishment? <laughs> well, I tell you, if you go to at one bet podcast on Twitter right now, you will see pictures of Miles taking down this four by four Patty Beast. Uh, he devoured that thing like it was nothing. Uh, it was truly a sight to behold. I think I had the over under. I had the under on you taking that down in under 90 seconds, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I would have uh, won that bet. <laughs> yeah, there's something about in and out that just uh, makes me happy. So thank goodness they have them all over Southern California. If you're, and we know you are, if you're keeping track at home, after three weeks, David has $2,014 in his bank. With two weekly wins, Miles has $1,459 in his bank with one weekly win. And now we put $1,000 back in our banks and we turn our attention to week four. What do you got going on in week four? A lot of stuff going on. Uh, We got uh, hurricanes going into Tampa Bay. Uh, The Raiders are winless. Miami's undefeated. I mean, I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles uh, week one, and and even in our first podcast, you know, you were asking who are your Super Bowl picks going to be, and I said I like Buffalo on the AFC side, and I kind of liked uh, the Eagles and the Saints on the NFC side, and I'm going to stick with the Eagles for my Super Bowl picks. I think they are for real. I really like their game. I didn't take them this week, but uh, I do think they've showed me enough that I'm going to ride them for the season. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm now cursing them because I'm going to call them the world beaters. And spoiler alert, I did take them this week. We'll talk about that in a second. And really quickly, Miles, I should point out that you and I did have a um, consolation bet that we made in spirit last week that did come through. We both liked Green Bay plus one playing at Tampa Bay, and we would have won that bet. So Green Bay did win 14 to 12. They started off hot in the first quarter. They held off Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay missed a two-point conversion. Um, But I think in the spirit of talking about a bet that we would have liked and we didn't make, this week we both made four bets to make up for that. Which is crazy because it's hard enough to win three bets. I don't know why I'm making four bets, but I had this revelation this morning that if I don't bet this one game and it comes in, I'm going to be kicking myself. So I added it to my list. So yeah, this week I took four different games and uh, I'm happy to go through my picks. Um, Yeah, let's do it. Starting with my first one, and you've already you stole my thunder a little bit. I mean, uh, the first game is Kansas City Tampa Bay, and I'm taking the over, uh, which is at 45. Now, aside from a hurricane hitting Tampa Bay, what could possibly go wrong with this bat, right? Um, and I guess you know if there was a problem here and they had to move the game, I might feel that 
This would affect me if I had one of the sides and it wasn't a home game for one of the teams. But picking the over-under at 45, uh, I'm taking the total, and here's why. Tampa Bay looked really off this week without having its regular receiving core, and Mike Evans is back this week. We know that he's playing, and Julio Jones may come back this week, and the Kansas City defense has been on vacation all season. So I think it's, uh, you know... It's looking to me to be a higher scoring game. I mean, Kansas City is giving up at least 21 points a game. And Kansas City, you know, has the potential to score at will. So, you know, I think Tom Brady, who's been throwing the ball a lot, is finally going to have his week and he'll put up his numbers. And Mahomes, after last week underestimating their opponents and playing safe, I'm expecting them to come out with reckless abandon. Hopefully they fix their special teams and kicking issues. And uh, I think Kansas City has enough offense to score its share of points. So putting it all together, I think uh, 45 is not going to be too difficult to overcome. So I'm betting 330 to win 300. So you're not worried about the weather if the game stays in Tampa Bay, just kind of slogging the game down, getting in the way and making offense more difficult? I think the weather issues are going to happen before Sunday and, you know, maybe the field might have some dampness, but I think they'll take care of it. I mean, if they feel that it's safe enough to play there, I think that'll be fine to play. And yeah, maybe it's a little bit, you know, we're it's Wednesday. We should declare today is Wednesday. We're making this podcast. It's unclear. It's unclear what, uh, what the weather looks like, but that's what I'm doing. And I guess if they decide to postpone the game or something like that, we should maybe we'll take my last bet and replace it, my fourth team, and we'll replace it with this one so that I'm not at a loss. But for now, let's do the 330 to win 300 on that over. Well, I'm a little nervous for you. You know, Tampa Bay, they're averaging 17 points a game. So the Chiefs are really going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Tampa Bay did not score a touchdown last week. So Tampa Bay is really going to have to get on the stick to do their part in helping you hit an over bet. Well, Mike Evans is just the guy to do it. So there you go. All right. So that is Miles's first bet. My first bet, I am taking Detroit minus four and a half at home over Seattle, 330 to win 300. Yes, I am taking the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, they are 3-0 against the spread this year, one of only four teams that are undefeated against the spread. Jared Goff has been good. Seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Am I all in on the Detroit Lions? No. But am I all in on the Detroit Lions when they're playing the Seattle Seahawks? Absolutely, because I do not like the Seattle Seahawks, as you know. Now, DeAndre Swift does have a shoulder sprain. Amon Ross St. Brown, he's also listed as questionable. Both of those make me a little bit nervous, but they do have Jamal Williams. I think at home, they're a team that people are getting excited about. I think Geno Smith is not a good quarterback, although he did have not a terrible week against Atlanta. You know, he did, uh, you know, get the ball to lock it in Metcalf a little bit, but I like Detroit at home. I like the four and a half. I think they cover this game. I like them to win my $300. So I got them at 330 to win 300. So I have no problems taking the Lions this year. I, I'd rather take them when they're getting points, uh, but the Lions giving points is probably a, a new dimension and something we'll have to get used to saying because that hasn't <laughs> happened in many seasons. Practice so with we'll me. Be- Lions home favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it's, roll off uh, the tongue. It's like we're in another decade. Is Barry Sanders the running back? I don't know. But uh, 
I was looking at that game too, and I just decided that uh, there were some other games that were a little more appealing to me. But I did circle that one as as one that I was contemplating. So uh, I like uh, I like your side at this point. Um, you know, maybe the points come into play, but certainly I think Detroit is the better team, and uh, their fans are desperate for some football. So, well, I like it. What's your second bet? So, warning: uh, I'm taking a road favorite here, and Uh-oh. completely. Qu- Questioning myself. Yeah, uh, I talked myself into this one, but I'm taking the Browns minus one and a half against Atlanta. And again, these road dogs and these 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 home dogs covering and these road favorites not. I'm ignoring that this week because the spread is so little at minus one and a half. And hear me out on this one. The Browns have been leaning on Nick Chubb and Kareen Hunt in the in the running game, and. Nick Chubb is coming back to play in Georgia where he was University of Georgia hero for the Bulldogs in college. And I think he's going to have a ton of support. I think he's going to be excited to play back in the state of Georgia and play in front of all of the people that are going to come watch him. Also, last week, the Browns finally got their tight end, David Njoku, involved in the passing game. He had a huge game. The Browns have an extra few days of rest. I I was looking a lot at, you know, should I replace this game because it's one of those home dog situations, but I'm sticking with my gut and I'm betting 330 to win 300 taking the Browns. I think you've got a great matchup with the Cleveland running game. You know, as you said, they are stellar with Chubb. Uh, they're averaging over 190 yards a game and the Atlanta defense is in the bottom 10 in the league. So that's a great matchup for you. I will say though, that one of the other undefeated teams against the spread is the Atlanta Falcons. So they've been a little bit of a mystery this year. Um, this line has moved. Uh, I think it started the week at two and a half. So it moved to one and a half. So that's good news for you. One other wild card for Cleveland is Miles Garrett, who doesn't look like he's going to play, had this crazy one-car accident. So a little bit of a tougher uh, task for the Cleveland Browns defense to corral Corderell Patterson, who was you know, the Offensive Player of the Week for the NFC. So it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, they haven't ruled Miles Garrett out yet, but and it sucks that his injury comes you know outside of playing football. But hopefully... Um, you know, he'll have time to, to heal up and, uh, and, and be a part of that defense that they're going to need him. Yeah. Well, that's a good bet. And my second bet, I also hope is a good bet. I am taking the Philadelphia Eagles at home minus six and a half against Jacksonville. I'm betting 220 to win 200. We both agree. I think Philadelphia is one of the best teams in the league. They've got an average margin of victory of 12 points. And in the last two weeks, they've given up a total of 15 points. So they are really clicking on all cylinders. And one other big factor is even though Jacksonville is playing well, they rolled my Chargers last week. Oh, my God, that was hard to watch. They're 2-1. and one. By the way, Doug Peterson is now tied for fifth place in wins as a Jacksonville manager. He's now tied with Urban Meyer. After three games with two two wins. (laughs) But I will say that Jacksonville has played three immobile quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and an injured Justin Herbert. That is not going to be the case with Jalen Hurts. So it's a whole new ball of wax for them. Philadelphia is at home. I think they cover the spread easily. Even though Jacksonville is is a team on the rise and playing well, they don't have the firepower to compete. Uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. 
So I think that Philadelphia is my pick out of the NFC. I mean, I don't think they're going to go undefeated, so there's going to be some bumps along the way. Um, I do think they win this game too. The six and a half points gives me some pause, only that I watched week one and how they played the Lions, and they were so far up on the Lions and then knew they were going to win and then ended up giving up a lot of unnecessary yardage and scores and actually made that game close. Uh, and if you remember, I took Philadelphia on the money line because I didn't trust uh, the four points and they only won by three. So uh, I do think like, you're correct that they're going to win the game and they certainly have the potential to blow them out and win by more than a touch. But it also could end up being uh, a closer game that they win, in which case uh, you would not win. That is true. But like I said, last two weeks, they, they've given up 15 points total. So I think they've kind of fixed some of their late game issues, the complacency. I think they're tough on Jacksonville. I think they, they cover the six and a half. Yeah. Well, good luck on that one. Um, I'm going to move into my third bet, which again, this is another one that you stole my thunder. We really should go over these bets ahead of these. Uh... <laughs> we should reverse this thing before we do it. <laughs> so I'm taking Arizona. Uh, over Carolina and Arizona's traveling, but they're getting points. So at least it's not a home dog situation. Uh, they're getting one and a half. You watched that whole game last week where they played the Rams close, and uh, and they and you already mentioned they did so without Kyler Murray even rushing the ball. Mm-hmm. Look, Kyler Murray has plenty of throwing options to Hollywood Brown and even Dortch, who's now making a quiet name for himself in fantasy. I'll bet he's one of the more added players this week. Um. But when Kyler Murray improvises, he's pretty much unstoppable. And I think he's going to have the reins to do that in this game. So You do, because that's my issue is it didn't feel like Kingsbury was giving him the reins to improvise. He was putting the, the muzzle on him. Well, I'm uh, I'm expecting him to break out with some runs. They're playing Carolina, who offensively is just not a very exciting team to watch. Uh you know, I was excited about them getting this LaVisca Chenault, who they was an inactive for the first two weeks of the season. They activate him last week, and the guy gets uh, the most yardage from a receivers uh, on the week with uh, in, a, in, a, in like 90 yards, and he had a touchdown to boot. So at least Carolina is figuring out they need to incorporate him into their offense. But mm-hmm. their offense is just not that exciting. Baker Mayfield is not accurate. He's... Not, you know, they're already talking about him not being the solution, the quarterback in Carolina. So this is one where I think Arizona sneaks in and does enough to win the game. And that's why I'm taking them. I'm This one, I'm betting 220 to win 200. Yeah, you're right. Baker Mayfield is not good. And he's 0-2 against Arizona in his career. Um, a little bit of a nerve wracking stat for you is that Christian McCaffrey is playing a little bit up to his former snuff. You know, almost 250 yards rushing this season. Last two yard, last two games, he's got over 100 yards in both of those games. So they have a little bit of balance there, but um, yeah, Carolina, they're they're mediocre. Uh, you know, Arizona since the start of the 2021 season, you know, they started seven and zero, and they're five and nine since then. So again, I'm just not on the Kings Cliff Kingsbury train. Something's going on with that. That team, I hope uh, I hope it works out for you. What do you got for your third? What do I got for my third? Well, there's nothing I like to say more than the word Pittsburgh and under in the same sentence. So Pittsburgh is playing the New York Jets. 
Uh, the over-under is 40 and a half. I'm taking the under on that game. So I'm betting 330 to win 300. Pittsburgh is in the midst of a quarterback controversy. Everybody, they are counting the days until Kenny Pickett becomes the quarterback. In fact, some people were surprised that he didn't get the start this week because they had 10 days. They played last Thursday. Uh, but Tomlin is not ready to pull that trigger. But they average 18 points a game. The Jets average 17 points a game. So that is definitely a good stat in the under category. Now, it was announced this morning that Zach Wilson is playing. So his knee is in good enough shape. He was activated. He's not going to be at 100%. I don't care. I still think, you know, you have one mediocre offense in the Jets, and you've got an injured quarterback coming back in. Pittsburgh is the number 31 offense. They're just bad. Mitch Trubisky is not the answer. He was 20 for 32 last week. You know, he's averaging 190 yards a game. You've got a good defense, you know, with the Steelers. They're going to be all over Zach Wilson. I think it's a low-scoring affair. I won my first time I bet Pittsburgh in the under. I'll do it again. They go under 40 and a half. I win this bet easily to put $630 in my pocket. Yeah, once you get uh, some good traction with the teams that you're betting on, it's hard not to want to go back to them. And I I did that with, with Baltimore. So I know I know what you're saying. Uh, it happened. It came in for you once, and and you feel like it's going to come in again. So I, I I like it. I follow that premise myself. So hopefully it all works out for you, and and Wilson doesn't come back and and light the light everything on fire. Let's hope so. Now we both went crazy this week. We made fourth bets. So what's your fourth bet? Yeah, again, it's hard enough to win three. I don't know why I made a fourth, but. I woke up this morning and I said, are the Rams really getting points against the 49ers? I mean, I know this game is on the road and I know it's a division rivalry. And I know that historically, you know, I think Shanahan might get the better of McVay, but the Rams have not shown how good they are. And I just think they're ready to have a complete game. You know, they've been splitting carries in the backfield, and I think that uh, I think that the running game could be better. I don't think Allen Robinson has fully made himself known as a, as a good number two receiver. Uh, Cooper Cup is unstoppable. Um, I just think that the Rams, who are actually getting points, uh, are going to win outright, and so I'm actually taking them on the money line. Uh, this is a situation where I'm going to bet 120, and I'm getting it at a plus 105, so that's... 120 to win 126 and I thought if I go this week and I don't make that bet and it comes in I'm going to be kicking myself so now I just won't be kicking myself is really what this comes down to look I do think Garoppolo is the better quarterback I I do think that uh you know San Francisco was supposed to be really good but I just think the Rams haven't played to their potential and this is the week I think they're going to come out on my night wait a minute you think Garoppolo's a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. The Trey Lance then... is at this point. Yeah. Oh, the Trey I Lance. Think that, you know, when there was a quarterback yeah. controversy, I think that that Garoppolo would have been the better person to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still do. But, you know, Monday night, and I know it's at Levi Stadium, but I think the Rams are going to be uh, showing how good they are in prime time for everyone to see. All right. So Miles likes the Rams. On the road, Monday night football against the 49ers. My fourth bet is not a money line bet. I actually thought about it for a second, but I am taking 
New England plus 10 on the road against Green Bay. Now, here's a little question for you. Who is, in terms of winning percentage, the most successful quarterback in Cleveland Browns history? John Cocktoston? (laughs) I believe he is second. Number one, believe it or not, is Brian Hoyer. Really? Brian Hoyer has 16 starts for the Cleveland Browns. He went 10 and 6. He will be starting for the New England Patriots. Now, full disclosure, Brian Hoyer had six starts for the San Francisco 49ers, and he was 0-6. But my point is this. He's coming in as a backup. He's got 39 starts. He is not going to be overwhelmed playing in Green Bay. This game is all about the number. I think that Green Bay is coming off an emotional win in Tampa Bay. They're going to be overlooking the New England Patriots, who are not good, playing with backups. At 10 points, I like New England to slip in there and cover uh, and win the bet of 120 to win 109. Green Bay's not good. They are overrated. They scored touchdowns on their first two possessions last week, and that was it. And when when your punter gets special teams player of the week for putting five punts inside the 20-yard line against Tampa Bay... That's not a great fact that your punter is out there that much. So I don't think Green Bay has the offensive firepower to separate themselves enough from New England. Is New England going to win this game? No. But are they going to lose by 10 points? I don't think so. Now, the line has moved a little bit, not in my favor. Um, At the beginning of the week, it was 10 and a half. It's moved to 10. I still think that that's a lot of points. Bill Belichick is a savvy guy. You give him 10 points, he's going to do something to keep this game close. Yeah, this will be an interesting one to watch, to be honest. I would be scared to lay those points, and uh, I just don't think Green Bay is that good. But I do wonder how New England's going to bounce after losing their quarterback and just not having a very proficient offense. So we'll see if it's just a a low-scoring struggle for both teams with you coming out on top. I'm totally good with that. What And what are we playing for this week, Miles? Another culinary highlight in Los Angeles, are we not? Yeah, let's keep the, the burger theme going. Uh, my four patty was so good. This one, we won't do four patties, but there is a famous place called the Apple Pan, which is known for their hickory burger, and that's right in the heart of L.A., and uh, I say we do that. Absolutely. The Apple Pan has been at its current location for 75 years. It opened in 1947, absolute LA institution. Uh, Burgers and pie, baby. It's all about burgers and pie. Well, hopefully you'll pay this time because I feel like uh, on the sharing of the money side of things, I'm a little bit out, and I'm a competitive guy. So I, uh, I'm really hoping that this is the week that I uh, that I could beat you and, and come back in the season long and have you pick up the bill. My greatest fear, and I've said this going into this competition, was that I was going to be winless because you are a savvy better. So the fact that I'm up two weeks to one right now, I'm happy to go two and 16. I could retire right now. It's all good. It's all gravy from this point out. It's all ball bearings nowadays. Anyway. And we've got some things percolating here at the Wanna Bet podcast. You want to talk about um, you know, some, some additional uh, POVs maybe coming down the road? Yeah. Does this tell me dressing up as Little Bo Peep? 
no. Uh, I think, uh, no, we are going to be having a guest come to us in October. We've got a, uh, a comedian out of New York who is very into football who uh, has agreed to come on to our show and help uh, make some picks with us. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll uh, let all of our listeners know when that's going to happen exactly, but that'll add a nice little dynamic to this. And he's an actual comedian, not an amateur like us. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll tweet that out. And then as long as we're tweeting stuff out, we welcome all of our listeners to tweet at us at Bet Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, we want to hear what your picks are. So put your money where your mouth is. Tell us who you would pick with $1,000. Money lines, spreads, spreads, over-unders, whatever you think the best bets are. We put ourselves out there every week. That is Wanna Bet for week four. We're going to be posting these picks and following the games all weekend. It's been great, as always. Miles. Love your body, Larry. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a good week. Peace. Welcome to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.